0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. Coming to you at a shade before eleven p.m. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, as always, be sure to go and download Spotify Green Room. Follow me at Kirk Henderson, and you will get notified when we go live. I want to hear from new people. I want to keep talking about this because uh, sports is fun, um, even though we don't really have anything to complain about. Which is kind of our uh, which is kind of our jam here on group therapy. Um, Quick recap of the game. The Mavericks uh, basically ground out a challenging win against a team that on paper they probably should have beat the crap out of. But Toronto is feisty and survived a lot of uh, poor play from some of the role players. And Luca reminded everybody that he is, in fact, quite good. And the people who say that he shouldn't be an all star starter are, in fact, stupid. So remember hit that request button. It insta you, so you're going to need to unmute yourself. Uh, be sure to listen for your name when I call you up, uh, and don't argue in the chat too hard, because otherwise you will not notice that I've brought you up on stage. All right, coming up first, let's uh, bring on Jason. Hey, Jason, what's going on?
1: That was a great win. I'm not going to lie. It was a slug at some point, but they got through it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, writing the recap, and let me tell you, it's always nice when I don't have to rewrite it. Because I was done with that game about three minutes into the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden it was a two-point game.
1: It felt like they were in command the whole game, but the game ended up close somehow. I don't quite understand how that happened. Turnovers Turnovers and offensive rebounds.
0: So there were 16 offensive rebounds from Toronto and 16 turnovers by the Mavericks. Oof.
1: I mean, I think that's just part of playing Toronto. They're so long. I think Luca threw some passes. He kind of wish he could have gotten back. Like, he could have snuck past some other teams. But they're just so long. They play so physical. It's just such a contrast in styles. It's kind of insane to see. It was fun.
0: I mean, like, I actually said that before the game, that, you know, styles make fights. And these two teams are just sort of very differently built, where Toronto is just all rangy dudes. I mean, Scotty Barnes, how fun is that guy? He's going to be a menace
1: in the league. He's fun, but he also got kind of bodied by Luca tonight, so he's still a rookie.
0: Well, everybody gets bodied by Luca. It's a, it's a right, you know. It's, it's, in <laughs> the fact that he, I really liked how he took the challenge. The other guy, um, the other rookie, champagne. <laughs> that poor, that guy's gonna have a shitty film room session because it's like, why are you fouling
1: Luca's face 91 feet from the basket? Like it has to be coaching of something. Like I assume they told him to get up in Luca to frustrate him, but that's, oh my god, that was. Some of the most insane fouling I've ever seen. And I've seen Pat Bev, so. <laughs> good point, good point. But yeah, I guess big picture. It's a, I mean, Luca finally got back on track. He finally hit some threes for once, which is insane. Oh my God. Like, he actually got something on his shot, doing like as flat or as short as usual. So that's really nice to see.
0: The shot did look good. Um, real good. It was like
1: him and Dorian exchanged powers for the evening. I know, right? And then I think, like, I don't know, like he just, like Toronto's so physical. It's like somehow Luca mm-hmm. just got in their lane, like at will, basically. Like, I don't know. He he was in such control of this game. Like, here's he how he only had 41. He could have had like 50 and like 20 assists. It feels like. But
0: but he, here's here's why Luca did that because Luca, no matter how rangy and strong other teams are, I've sort of settled on the fact that Luca might well be the strongest player in the league. And that might be a bit of a hot take. But after watching what he did to Lou Dort up close and watching what he did to these Toronto players, physicality doesn't bother him. It's like he's wearing the Black Panther suit and he just like shoves kinetic energy off of him. I mean, it is. He was mean tonight at
1: points. Definitely, definitely so. But yeah, it's just really good to see. Great bounce back game. I not a bounce back game. We're on a roll, guys. We're on a roll. (laughs) One 10 of 11. So,
0: all right. Talk soon. Hope to see you tomorrow night. Okay. Coming up next, my buddy Akiva. How are you doing, friend? Long time no see. 24 hours or whatnot.
2: I can hear you a little bit. Do you speak up a little louder? Yeah, I'll try. I'll there try. There we go. All right. Very good. So I hope everything is good with you. Uh, it, was a, it was a blast. It was a blast the other night, Monday night. We had like, a
0: great time. I mean, I, like, I, I guess the game was really stressful for uh,
2: people watching, but, like, we were so close that I was just like, holy shit, the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, uh, besides other stuff, uh, you know, talking to you and stuff, uh, th- one of the highlights for me was the two refs with fifth a spa- fist bump us, right, you two. Yes,
0: and I was really disappointed tonight with the reviews. I was like, oh, man, we didn't get a review. We didn't get a chance the other night to, to watch the refs in action, and they had a couple of options.
2: Yeah. and and the two, the two refs, two of the three refs were really down to earth good guys. Uh one of them was a rookie. I think his name is Meta. The like Indian oh, yeah, rookie. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah,
0: the one that the one that the other the other ref said he was an Abercrombie model. A team yeah, yeah. Abercrombie I, model. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I said I, I said I said to the guy, "Hey, you should you shouldn't be a ref, you should be a model cuz he's really a good-looking guy." And then his buddy I think his name is Mitchell Evans. He's like, been four years in the league. He says, yeah, he should be an Aber- Abercrombie and Fitch model. Oh, yeah, loved it. <laughs> was- what did you like about tonight's game?
0: Because tonight's game was very different from that Thunder game, I think.
2: Yes. I think it's just another example of them playing better defense. I still don't like Kidd as a coach, but it does look like he's got them playing much better defense, If whether it's his assistance I, I do believe it's his assistance, whatever. But he's the guy in charge, so he's got to get, get the credit. And I still don't think he's the best coach we can have. But uh, if they play good team defense and it sticks like that for the rest of the year, that's all Luca needs. He can—he needs more. But of course, as you say, a lot of times they're still breaking his assists. He should have—he should have had four or five more assists minimum today. They're still breaking them. But it, all he, I, the, Luca is either the best player in the NBA or second best behind behind the Joker. But but uh, if he if they play good team defense, that's all he needs. They could surprise a lot of people in in the win a couple of rounds, maybe even more. I really believe. well. It's
0: funny that you mentioned that because I've been talking. You know, the Chicago Bulls are sort of an interesting comparison point for the Mavericks in that. The Bulls made a lot of splashy, very productive off-season moves for their team, and they started off the year playing so well. And since Alex Caruso's been hurt, since Levine's been hurt, since I guess um, Lonzo's now hurt, like they're sort of dealing with the fact that you know the NBA season's 82 games long, and you're not always going to be riding high. And the Mavericks are sort of playing at a trajectory. I, when I when I was bitching about the team incessantly over the first 15 games, the one thing I kept coming back to was there's like a path out of this. I don't know what it is, but it's like at a certain point I was thinking they can't play this bad forever. And they're now kind of getting it together in a variety of ways, including on defense, which is really interesting. Um, There was a, if somebody could find it and posted to the chat, there was an article by Nakias Duncan sort of explaining what the Mavericks are doing defensively and more importantly, why it's working. And it was like really an educational piece for me because NBA defense is very complex for me. I I see a lot more when I watch film the next day, but like during the game, sometimes it's like what was happening. Cause tonight, for example, I thought their defense was really piss poor at times. I mean, they got destroyed in the paint, but then all of a sudden they just completely tightened up for the, the, the last 10 minutes of the second quarter. They didn't allow a single paint point after getting, after having, giving up 26 paint points in the first 14 minutes of action. Like that's incredible. I've n- mm-hmm. I, it's been a long time since I've seen a Mavericks team actually figure something
3: out in-game.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if they don't play 60 minutes of defense, if they show flashes of that for a quarter or two, that's pretty much a lot of times all you need with, with, with a guy like Luca. I mean, he's, yes. he's incredible. He's incredible. Yes. And, and they're always the, – the thing is with a young guy that's so great, you always either a good roster pickup away – or you, or you, or you start playing great defense, and it's uh, they can they can go a long way. I still I still don't like the fact that you know they never played the real bigs. I, I don't know, maybe that's me, just crazy me. I really I really you know like, well, you do see them eating, eating live inside uh, on occasions. And but I think I killed on the boards,
0: but I mean a lot yeah. of it look looked like tired leg stuff as opposed to like just bad if if mm-hmm. if.
2: Yeah, and if Porzingis just starts concentrating, just just uh, being good on defense, that's all they need from him, really. I mean, he's, he, you know, it's it's they could really go do good. Um, that's about it, I guess. Uh, well, thanks for joining again. Oh,
0: it's it's a pleasure. Thank you, Kirk. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good night. You too. All right, coming up next. Do we have any names I don't recognize? Jesus, it's always the same. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Um, if anybody else wants to come up, Chris, how are we doing?
4: <laughs> You're gonna have me come up and say, "Oh, it's just the same," and they had, and have me come up, huh? No. Right. No,
0: it's fine. I love. I love. No, no, this is great.
4: You know what would be a cherry on top for this hot streak we're on? Two of our Achilles' heel. Don't use Heels the at word AT&T. Achilles. That scared me.
0: What now? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we don't want any torn Achilles heels, uh, especially Lucas. Uh, TNT and the Phoenix Suns. I mean Pretty brutal. and we're playing them tomorrow
2: night. Pretty brutal. We can
4: fucking win that game tomorrow. Jesus Christ, like this is just like a great part of the season. Uh very impressive, very impressive. I know it could have gone either way with uh Van Fleet, you know, making that three at the end or something. I mean, we could have lost by one, we'd be like in purgatory right now. So um well, I'm liking how things are going right now, but it seemed like Toronto were playing like four bigs and a point guard but just the whole game. Just they were super long. It just- yeah, that's their whole team is rangy dudes. If It's sort of surprising to me.
0: And I guess like Drogic, I don't know the details there, but it seems like a guy like him could help them at some point. But he either really didn't want to play for them or was expecting a buyout because like their teams just. They only played seven – they played seven guys, and one of the seven only played 16 minutes. Like, the minute distributions are, like, so late 90s. It's
4: wild. Yeah, I'm kind of – only head-scratching moment of the game, which I'm glad we won, but I'm surprised they didn't put Marquise Chris out there just because we were getting – especially in the first half, we were just getting killed on those offensive tip ends, you know. Uh, that, that was just driving me nuts. I, I, I didn't even know how we were winning by halftime. It just – it's cra- – I mean, it's obviously Luca. I mean – but just God, if we could just hit our threes consistently, gee, I, I really think we can win the title. Like I, I'm getting a little overboard here, but this is just, just the defense. I'm just, I'm really impressed. I don't know if I have to tip my hat to Jason Kidd about this or just the coaching staff in general. But, I mean, would our team be this de- good defensive if we had Rick Carlisle as the coach right now? I mean, I don't know. So.
0: I don't know either. I know that it, they've got enough guys to buy in, and that's what's important. And, and you know, they're even surviving with, like, Dor- uh, not Dorian, uh, Dwight Powell playing, you know, doing a lot of help and recover stuff. And, like, last year it just felt like he was getting crushed at all opportunities. So, I mean, it's working right now. Part
4: of me is, like,
0: part of me it's just wants a similar to understand.
4: Roster. I mean, I yep. think it's just – that's a good part of having a similar roster. I know we, we're getting tired of the same old players, but, I mean, they're familiar yes. with each other. I mean, we have yeah. – Newer coach, uh, I mean, the guys are healthy, obviously. Nobody's in COVID protocols yet. So this is like the best part of the season, obviously. I really wish the playoffs would just start right now just because everybody's fully healthy. Nobody's in COVID. I'm just, hopefully we can continue this hot streak and by the time the playoffs start. I mean, I would rather face the Grizzlies than the Jazz. I mean, we're right now. And actually we're three games behind the fourth spot. That's just nuts to think that way. And would have been the Knicks, we'd be two games behind. It's just, it's crazy where we're at right now. And the Jazz lost to the Rockets tonight, which is funny. Uh, I mean,
0: the the Jazz, like, if we're if let's just you know let's lean into being happy because we don't do that enough, right? Um, I I think the Jazz have to be the team the Mavs are targeting in the standings, right? It's not who else is above them? Yeah, uh, Memphis, obviously.
4: and then uh... it's not Memphis.
0: <laughs> I think our our, our I I th- what what I mean to say is like. I think our our tendency would be to target Memphis because we just assume that they're going to be worse because they're younger. I don't think that's the right play. I think the Jazz are the Jazz are, are currently not in a great place. If you read post game quotes from like Rudy Gobert and stuff like this, they 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 have to make a move. And and I I, I don't want to call them a like sinking ship because they're the fourth team in the West, but they they they're a team that faces similar issues to what the Mavericks have in that they've had the same group of guys mm-hmm. and only they're on the downward swing, whereas the Mavericks are on the upward swing.
4: Yeah. And in the playoffs, I know they made it to the second round last year, but I mean, they usually shit the bed of the playoffs too. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, right now, I, yeah, obviously I would rather play the Grizzlies, even though they were on that 11 game winning streak. I mean, we just bit slapped them when we played them Sunday, you know, so let's see how that goes, but this would be, yeah, be the fourth time we played them this year. So it will be on Sunday. Um, yes, looking forward this to this game. This is great. Everybody be happy because like this is the best part of the season right now. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we won ten out of eleven games. I mean, really, even if we were at eleven game winning streak, that has to be since back in two thousand seven. I mean, it's been a while since it's been that long too. So. Right, right. I, I, I have sort of re- resolved to try to not be a
0: big victory lap guy because the season is too long. Takes. You know, like, somebody – there's, like, a, a Twitter account out there that's, like – you know, that, that, that was, like, retweeting various, like, old bad Mavs takes. And it's, like, who fucking cares? It's sports. It's supposed to be right. fun. And as long as you're, like, willing to cop to the fact that you might have been wrong at a certain point in time, that's okay. But, like, right now, it's, like, this is, this is a point where I'm not really worried about whether or not, you know, Jason Kidd is a good or bad coach now. I will be. But I'm not really thinking about it. So it's, like, when I've seen various takes the last two weeks about – Oh, look how good kid is. We can't trade Dorian. We can't trade Jill. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Because we can't affect it anyways. I just want to they- like be happy about this shit while it's high. And then when they suck ass again, and they will, the season's too long. It, it there's just gonna be moments. It's it's just the way basketball and sports work. Then maybe we gripe. Like I don't want to gripe and take laps whenever things are on the upswing just because it's going to look dumb in two weeks if they, if they crap the to bed tomorrow night because of a bad coaching decision or whatnot. It's like, there's just too much stuff right now. So I'm just leaning into to enjoying
4: this, but yeah, I mean, lastly, if you want to grind, the, the season was, was grindy. I mean, it gets boring for these players. I mean, it's a long season, but really, I mean, we all know luka's going to shine the best whenever it means the most. Like that's when he plays the best. so just hopefully, God, just hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully KP stays healthy. Uh, let's, I just hope yep. they beat the Suns tomorrow because I don't think they've even beaten the Suns maybe one time since Luka has been on the team. Like, I, like the Sun
0: – like if there's a team that's designed to stop Luka Doncic and it's kind of by accident, it's when you go to a pick and roll against um, against their big and then Bridges and both of them can guard him unbelievably well. It's just yeah. – they're, they're just such a good team. But this could I, be
4: – last thing, this could be just us playing the second out of the back-to-back. I think this is a good thing. Because I think if we would take two nights off and I think we would lose that game. I, I think it's better for us to stay on for the mats to stay on their toes. Uh, be, you know, the momentum of everything that's going on. Just keep it going. They don't need a long two, three, three day layoff. I think they just come in the next day. It doesn't matter who they play and they suck. So and sure. it, it, that's kind of what happened against the Knicks. So, yeah, no, that's true. Too much time to think about it. But let's get this oh, one right, more. Chris.
0: Well, thanks for joining again. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Talk soon. Um, who else do we got? Brand new name. I don't recognize. Atlas, how are we doing? Welcome.
5: Hit that unmute
0: button there.
5: Hey, what's going on? Welcome. Can, uh, the, yeah, the first time caller here, a long time, uh listener, and I uh, appreciate you putting on this, you know, for everybody to come in and vent out after these Maverick games. And honestly, I wanted to come on here. You know, this game, uh, it was a great game. And uh, I've just been thinking about what would we need to add. And I'm glad that I'm actually glad the Mavs are moving on from Miles Turner. And they they shied away from, you know, whatever, however you want to look at that. But I, I really want us to go all in for Jeremy Grant. And that doesn't mean give up everything. But I think, that, you know, there's a reasonable reasonable price that we could go after and get jeremy grant because he would fit so well at the four or even the three for us because we know our best lineup starts with porzingis at the five Luka at the one and then that three four spot gets a little muddy you know depending on the matchup and i think jeremy grant would come in and fit so perfectly because on the defensive end he's long enough to stop all these wing players that we always have trouble with in the playoffs and then on the offensive end yeah he wants to be like a primary guy and in dallas he he really would be because he would be somebody that could actually make a play with the ball and not dribble into defenders with the ball like a josh richardson or you know some of these other guys we've got so i think he would be a great asset and option just more that's just more talent that we need and we need to go get and i think that would really help and boost this team moving forward more than a miles turner
0: well thank you for that can you hit the mute button i'm getting a little bit of feedback in your end there we go um so the Turner stuff, couldn't agree more. Feet thing, feet stuff freaked me out. I've been, you know, cracking jokes on Twitter talking about how stress reaction, I know what it is, like medically, but what you're telling me is that it's on the way to a, a break in the foot. Number two, the I really think the Mavericks play better with one true big on the floor. Um, you're describing Grant as a scoring forward, and basically everything you described about Grant is why I think he was an absolute lunatic for wanting to leave the Nuggets. Like you put Grant on this Nuggets team, they would kill people. I mean, but he wanted to leave because he wanted to be the, the best man. And I, I, there are, I can't give any, like, there's nothing sourced on this, but if you dive into kind of like nuggets, Reddit and other things, there's, there's a few more reasons why I don't necessarily think he would want to come here. Um, And, and, you know, t- just talking about like wanting to be the primary scorer, Jake Fisher reported that like, that means, like, ball in your hands, and that's a little bit of a challenge. Like, in terms of just, like, pure basketball fit, though, there's absolutely no question because he can – like, the the ability to go get a bucket is – you know, it's like the Mavericks the, have two guys who can do that, Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. Like, it's it's one of the most undervalued skills. So I, I I totally understand what you mean, but I just don't think they're going to be able to do it, and I don't think he would really want to come here. Like, he left Denver because he wanted to leave Denver, which is just wild to me.
5: He Yeah. And I think you're just hoping on that maybe he sees, of course, he wants to be a primary, but I think all that losing might get to him, which that gets into the whole, how they're feeling, you know, trying to play psychology, you know, psychiatrist on these guys. But at the same time, yeah, as you say, like on paper, he would be a great fit. Now he would help this. It would be like an upgraded Dorian Finney Smith for us, except the guy that can actually, you know, put the ball in the hole. And that would be awesome for us, especially if he can come in at the four. And I think, you know, just having that another scoring option a guy that you you know like tonight when Luca's getting doubled if you have like a jeremy grant you're passing out to you you're not so worried like oh what's he gonna do is he gonna fumble is he gonna dribble into another defender you know that's somebody you can confidently be like okay he's gonna go he can go get a bucket you don't mind him or he can make that extra pass swing it over so right yeah like, dwight, dwight, kept the- dwight kept getting the kept getting
0: he kept getting the ball at the top of the key on those on those doubles,
5: and exactly. I, as I
0: love Dwight, but that's terrifying.
5: Exactly, exactly. It's like if you know if that was Jeremy Grant, okay. Now you feel a little more comfortable. Someone that can handle the rock, can dish it off, shoot, whatever. But yeah, once it gets into that territory, it gets it gets scary. So. Well, thank you for joining tonight. But you yeah, got anything else? Anything else? Uh, not not tonight. This will be it for tonight. I just had to get my Jeremy Grant rant in there real quick. So appreciate. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Us. I hope you come back. Talk soon. Okay, who else we got? My man
2: Leo. What's going on, buddy?
3: Hello. Uh,
6: just to make a co- uh, few couple quick points. Uh, as far as moving up in the standings, uh, someone in the chat just said that uh, slow mo and Bane just entered protocol. So, that might be a chance for us to move up because the Memphis Grizzlies are up on us, but they've played two more games so far in the year, and we play them later on this week. And then, as far as the Jazz, for their next 10 games, they have to go against the Suns twice, the Warriors twice, and the Grizzlies. And then we still have three games against them. So, theoretically, we could pass them in the standings by winning two out of the games, and if they just lose a couple of the
0: Hmm. I've not really paid too much close attention to the standings because it starts to drive me crazy. Um, but that's, you know, the, the Mavericks have some tough stretches coming up too, because they play the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Suns. Like there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to happen, but again, there's still what 30 something, 38 games ish remaining. So there's, there's still plenty of time, but it's, it's why, you know, it's why tonight's win and the Thunder win are so important. Like you can't lose these winnable games. And if you do, you just kind of knock yourself. Like, the Mavericks failed up into the fifth seed last year. Like, that's just the fact. And this year, I feel much better about their chances of securing. And I kind of feel
6: like this might be. A little dumb to say but it feels like we've just been replaying last year because I feel like we had the same conversation this same time last year where it's like hey we can catch up to the Blazers and the Lakers if we just win these couple games and they have these tough stretches coming down and they also seem to have injuries happen around the same time that Memphis is going down and that the Jazz are having internal problems along with the fact that Rudy Gobert although he's right did seem to call out Donovan Mitchell and Clarkson for their
0: you know, we were talking about this a lot last year. The difference was, though, the Mavericks started nine and fourteen. As annoying as the season started this year with our higher expectations, I don't think the Mavericks got more than three games below 500. I, I should I should know this, but I don't know. There's there's a little more confidence in what they're doing right now, being sustainable because Josh Bo just referred to tonight's game as like kind of a, a old school Mavs game where everyone else played like crap except for Luca and one other guy. Um, they've won so many games this year with better team efforts. And that's just, I mean, that's just a more sustainable path forward.
6: And the last thing, uh, not really to bring up trade talks, but as far as the way our defense has changed, since we don't have Dwight Powell really guarding the, uh, guarding the big man as much and just having running them out to shooters is there any player you would just replace them with or any like ideal person or maybe like see a way to get yourself into a six or straight to maybe throw in a first to get Matisse?
7: I mean, man,
0: you talk about M- Matisse Thibel. That was the dude, one of those dudes that, that I know like Dalton Trigg and I like desperately wanted. Um, I don't know. I'm the worst trade guy in America for the Mavericks just because I don't, like, number one, they never do anything I want. So why would they do this? So it's like half the time I just don't even try. Um, I'm I'm really not sure. I mean, the fact that they parted with Willie, uh, you know, gives me a little bit of hope. I, I don't – I just don't see a move for them. Now I could be wrong. I I, I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to see – as much as I enjoy, like, what's happening right now, I don't want to see the same seven guys – Again, this year in the playoffs, like I've seen what Dorian and what Maxi can do in the playoffs. I need something new. But that's just me. And
6: final thing. Sorry uh, for going on too long. Uh, as far as Jake, uh, Jake Hidd being a coach, uh, I think Bill Simmons had this on this podcast about like who, how many uh, actual men, how many people can actually be head coaches, both in NBA and in the NFL. And he said, like, how many people can actually hire the correct people to be doing their jobs and know when to lay off? I don't really like him as a coach, but a lot of people have been saying wonder have been uh, singing praises to the bench and saying how great they are with communicating with the players. So maybe this is the point where maybe we kind of just take the good with the bad. Maybe he's not the greatest X's and O person, but it seems like he knows how to hire them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not in any position to criticize. Um, they're winning. I have found. You know, I, I wrote about being like up close and personal at the game. I, I think with this group of guys, particularly some of them who are on the younger half, there's really some value in not micromanaging them. Um, I saw a lot of players look over to the bench for more direction, and there's just a little bit of of, of solid management going on to where if players are coming to you and wanting to know things, that just it's so much more valuable than directing them because these guys are professionals. Like you have to treat them like professionals at some point. And, you know, I just, I I just find myself, the further we get away from the Carlisle era, the the more it sort of screams to me of like, how did Cuban let that go on? Anyway, I don't want to talk about that too much tonight, but I'm very much pleased with that. This is working out. I'm delighted to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong is where I'll go. I don't, you know, it's it's still early. It's still halfway through the first season. So let's let's just hope things continue to go on the upward slope, right? Oh, you got off stage. All right, uh, coming up next is Henry. How are we doing, Henry?
7: Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Welcome. Um, yeah, I saw a, um, a quick stat on the broadcast tonight about Luca's uh, exponential increase in running those post-up plays. I think he's up to like 4.7, I think is what yes. I saw. Um, my question was like, I mean, obviously watching him bully small guards in the paint is, is fun to watch, but could you envision, you know, a universe where, because I know since KP's been here, like the stress has been, oh, like get him in the paint, get him in the paint, get him in the paint. But, you know, could you see a universe where Luca's running more post-up plays or, or us running an offense with Luca post
0: I'm not really sure. So I found that post-up stat to be a little interesting because his points per possession out of post-up are actually pretty bleh. They're better than they were. The last time I looked, it was like 0.88 points per possession, and and um, Porzingis was significantly higher. I know, like, the the, the offense out of post-ups where he's doing other stuff, I think is, is one of the things they like, and I know that he likes basically bullying people. I'm not – I don't know. Their offense has really been crappy if we're being quite honest and i don't know you know a part of me keeps thinking that you know luca may be shooting a little better porzingis shooting a little better from distance like that has to change things but you know josh and i just sort of talked about this to where there's no way the defense stays like number one like that's just bananas but if they settle as like a top 10 12 defense and then can improve to like a 14 to 10 offense maybe then they really might have something i mean it's the season is not a finished product at any point until you get to the playoffs. And so there's just a lot of little things that give me, you know, cranky ass me, like hope for optimism because, you know, him working out of the post where he doesn't want that contact. Like I've been very, I've been a little critical of Luca about that lately, where he fades once he gets to the middle because he doesn't want to absorb the contact. I get it. People foul the shit out of him. I, that was what was so striking about being at the Oklahoma City games. He just, he just gets treated like he's he's you know him and Giannis like are are you know Shaq where they go in the lane and nobody cares. Um, I'm not sure what they can do out of post ups. I do like it. Um, I, I I sort of want I sort of think they go to it a little too much, but you know that's that's just my opinion.
7: Yeah, the the difference between him and KP is not that different. The points per play at Lucas is at point eight eight and KP is at point nine zero even. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean. Anything to help him get out of this shooting slump. I mean, shot looked nice good to tonight. What did yeah, you? It think? looked real good. Yeah, it looked real good tonight. I just need to see more. The free
0: throws are are what should be at least, in my opinion, giving us more hope because if he's able to, you know, Jonathan Sharks has talked about free throws being kind of a bellwether for players in, in eventually being able to shoot the three, and that's what him being like a 68% free free throw shooter is driving me nuts because it's. He's a better shooter than that. And so now that he's knocking free throws down, knock on wood, it just – it feels like there's there's still a lot of room for Luka to play even better this year.
7: All right. Uh, that's all I got, Kirk. I got us going 2 and one in this little three-game stretch. That might be a little too optimistic, but anyway, – I take it. I'll take it as well. Thank you. Right.
0: Have a good night. All right. Coming up next, Davis, you've been hanging out a while. Welcome back. Davis, over there? doesn't seem to respect Davis's audio we'll try you back here in a minute okay coming up next Michael how are we doing hey Kirk what's up not much thanks for joining again
8: uh yeah it's just really difficult to get used to a Mavericks team that actually defends and like one that one that you know actually stays in games because of their effort on defense. I, I i don't know what to do about it <laughs>
0: it's so delightful that i i keep waiting for something terrible to happen but they've played like 14 straight games now of incredible defense they've held 21 straight
8: appoint, opponents to under 50 percent shooting yeah and the craziest part is like like it isn't really um okay so actually 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 I have a question for you like um like it feels like the team hasn't really even been shooting that well in this like what is this this past like 11 games or 10 and 1 like like do you know like, so so i guess in those in these past 11 games like uh how many games would you say that the Mavs have outshot their opponent from 3 half maybe i would
0: and that's just a guess because i've i've not been paying attention to that stuff because they're winning through the
8: defense Right, so I actually I was curious, so I looked it up. They've actually in every single one of their wins, they've actually outshot their opponent from three. Like even mm. the even the games when they're like eight for thirty or something, like their opponent is just shooting worse. Same thing happened tonight. Night, yeah. Um, so a part of me is still a little bit cautious, like you know, like you know, like the Nats are shooting poorly, but maybe you know, I feel like there have been points like last year where, you know, there was, like, 10-game stretches where it's like, oh, their defense is looking good. They're, like, top 10 defense in this past 10 games. And it was just all, it was just all illusion because it was just, you know, like, there, it was just our opponents doing, like, shit. So I there is that little, I guess, twinge in the back of my mind thinking, okay, what if this is just another, like, cold stretch for our opponents? And, you know, because ultimately, because you, you look at the one game where, you know, our opponents actually shot well from three, like you know, this sh- and you know, it was the Knicks we got destroyed. So I don't know, like, like because if you, you kind of look, um, if you, if you kind of look at like what the new scheme asks, it's like you know, they're they're pretty much. Se- it seems like they're selling out the rim and they're trying to just like be a lot more active in like rotations and getting getting back out to shooters. But still, like, if they're if there that does leave open like you know that period that. That little moment in time where, like, an opposing shooter, if they're in a rhythm, will still be able to hit those threes. So, I, so I, I guess it's just you know, I'm, I'm thrilled, but I'm so very—I I don't know if I can trust it yet—is what I'm trying to get at. Well, um, I get it, and that's why I think the number one defense stuff is a bit of a mirage. Mm-hmm.
0: But that's you know, if you settle into top ten, I think I'd, I'd be delight, I'd just be really ecstatic about that. You're right about the three-point shooting defense and. For anybody that doesn't know this, so far, the the big stats people that do all the NBA coverage basically boil three-point defense down to blind fucking luck. Like, there is nothing. (laughs) Like, they've not been able to find any sort of correlation with scheme, yada, 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 all the way down the line. Like, that's why the Knicks last year... We're mowing you know they they had a an entire season of excellent three-point shooting luck and then you know while they've rebounded a little bit why they're not in the the uh exact place where they were last year is in no small part because of um the three-point shooting luck which kind of regressed in a way that that hurt them so i mean i think we should take this uh i mean yeah the knicks are all the way down geez the knicks are the 11th in the conference good god um we just gotta enjoy this while it lasts because if teams start hitting again, maybe at that point the Maverick offense starts to catch up a little bit.
8: Oh yeah. That 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 would definitely be the hope. And you know you know, just I guess you're right. We you just gotta enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Well thanks for joining again, Michael. You got anything else? Uh no, that's it. Thanks for holding right. these. Sure, talk
3: soon.
0: All right, let's try Davis again. Davis. What about now? There we go.
3: Hear Yep. All right. Uh well great win, first of all. Um Luca just was masterful out there. And you know, going back to the post-up, you know, the amount of times he posts up, I think it's four point seven times a game, which is ridiculous. It's double, it's more than double what he um posted up uh the last couple of years. I think he's been at, you know, one point five to one post-up per game. So it's just nice to see him back in the pick and roll, uh, playing top of the key, finding the open man, even if they're, you know, missing their shots. Um, but, I mean, that was just incredible. And he really showed why he's uh, just the best, you know, possible playoff player, because he he can take, you know, the guard and the post, but he, at the same time, he can, you know, dribble uh, the large wing and, and the large center on the perimeter and just make him look silly. So like he just scores in all facets of the game uh, at his best, uh, which, you know, I think, you know, when, when you compare guys like John Moran, you know, I think he'll probably struggle to do that come playoff time. Um, but I mean, just a masterful performance on, on his part. Um,
0: the thing with Luca in his evolution, he still has a lot of levels he can get to. We've talked extensively about the fitness, but I think the next thing for him is him figuring out ways to motivate himself the way like Jordan and bird. And some of these guys did on a night in night out basis. He gets bored because he can kick the shit out of these guys on every night. That's what, that's what seeing them him up close against the thunder was just so shocking where it's just like, he wants to try hard things (laughs) And I don't think he really loves contact. I don't blame him. It's a long season. He's a bigger... Like, he doesn't want to absorb all this punishment. It's how you can get hurt. But he's so much stronger and so much better than every other player on the court 98% of the time. There's, like, Giannis. There's LeBron. I can't really think of that. And and Kawhi Leonard probably are the only other kind of guys in that physicality range that can work with him and compete with him. And he just when he decides he's going to do a thing, when he really puts his head down and he's not doing it from a place of frustration as a, he's just dominant. And and that's what we saw tonight. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And on that point, I mean, it's really, it's, there's plenty of strong dudes in the NBA, but it's like that combination of, uh, of strength and functional uh, strength, just skill. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, when you put your shoulder in a dude, you know, you don't overexert that and draw a foul, foul. But you're at the same time being able to finish through contact. Like, that's such an important skill, which is, you know, why he's made for the playoffs and things like that. Because, you know, there's just a multitude of ways for him to score. Uh, which, yep. Dirk was incredible at it. Uh, Dirk' ability to finish through contact, you know, take the tough shot as he fades. You know, he may have been labeled off, but, like, go back and watch Dirk and he's you know, brawling with dudes in the, in the paint and, you know, in the mid range where he's just, you know, bouncing off them and just taking that tough shot, which is, you know, what, you know, what Gian, what John struggled before last year was, you know, getting in the final minutes of the game, being able to get a shot off in a way where he's actually an efficient shot and a shot that's going to go in uh, when he's, you know, surrounded by five dudes uh, and Luca has that ability, and not only that, he can not only get his own shots, but actually find. I mean, the passes he, some of the passes he had today, the one where he, uh, he, he like took a step, he like, he like dribbled through two dudes and found I think Finney in the corner. Oh on yeah, like that was ridiculous. Like, and,
0: like the ball curved. Is like one right? of those like I can't remember that bullet time movie where the bullets used to curve. Like
3: mm-hmm. I don't understand how he even got it there, because Toronto knew what was coming. Exactly, exactly. And which and like people I always say this, but he is, in my mind, if not the best passer in the league, top three with Jokic and and with uh and with LeBron. And people always you know, people always you know, they oh Chris Paul this but like Chris Paul's short. Chris Paul's an amazing passer, but he cannot make the passes Luca makes. It's a size thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're the three best passers in the league. They not only have Skill, they have the vision and then the height to go to go along with it. Like it just—that's what differentiates Trey Young and and, and Luca in terms of passing ability—is just their ability to see over defenses. Um, they're both just great passers, but one is six seven, the other six foot two. You know, so uh, so it's just incredible to watch. And it was a vintage Luca performance where he's actually manufacturing points in the pick and roll as opposed to what we've seen thus far in the year. That's right. Love to have vintage performances from twenty-three year olds. It's outstanding, exactly, right? Exactly. Turns out he didn't fall off the face of the barrier That he's still a really good basketball player.
0: Right. I, I heard a Bill Simmons podcast today with House, and they were talking about how Luca, quote, like is like talking about how he needs to be punished in terms of voting for how he showed up to start the year. And it's just like, All-Star voting doesn't. It closes soon, but then the coaches and media still have time. And if he just keeps rolling through, dudes, I don't know what the justification will be for not starting him. Like, I appreciate Ja. he's one of my favorite players to watch. And it's just
3: Luca's it. Luca's the dude when he wants to be. I don't know. Exactly. And and as a NBA fanatic, you know, I really don't care about all star voting. I care more about it all day. Like in a grand scheme of things, like when you look at at a back at a player's career, like. Dirk's 14 All-Star votes, like he's probably the last two All-Star selections were like, it was definitely his definitely last one was, what, was, you know, obviously an honorary one, but the previous one was like, he was still a good player, but he wasn't really an All-Star. It's his 12 All-NBA selections that, yes, you know, where, where he's showed he was an amazing player. Like I, I don't care about Kobe's 16 All-Star appearances or whatever. It's his, you know, other 14 All-NBA appearances that actually show what player he was as opposed sure. to a fan contest. And also, uh one thing before I go, I just I'm glad we can move on from this ridiculous Miles Turner trade talk. Um unfortunately that he had to get injured for that to happen, but uh but you know, if we're gonna throw out unrealistic trade ideas, let's um let's try to get Fred Ramfli for uh front you know, man. like if we're gonna throw out ideas sure. just so you know unrealistic ideas, might as well you know, make it interesting. Uh, yes. So just, you know, and obviously, you know, when it comes to Grant, um, hard pass on his role and, and what he wants from uh, what he's looking for from a team. I don't think he's going to find that a contender or a competitive team, but uh, I wish him luck. So.
0: Me too. And thanks for joining us tonight, Davis.
3: Talk soon. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Frank, you're going to close us out tonight. What do you got for us, Frank?
9: Hey, what's up, man? It's hard to uh, want to talk about Luca anymore. Everybody's already kind of beat him to death.
0: But that's okay. Let's keep yeah, talking. Man. I like talking about Luca. Luca's so much more interesting than talking about a lot.
9: Yeah, man. It, and I, I, know, I guess everybody's already kind of taken all the opinions you could possibly have, but I guess it was nice to see him super aggressive. You know, the, he does the pick and roll. He waits for people to like get on his back, and he's o- not over probing. he he starts probing right and and it's just so much thought process going on and I think he was even quoted saying he's thinking too much on the shot tonight it was just will it was just free he was it was a decision to the basket a path you know it was just real quick bang bang and a lot of and then that even probably affects his shot too It's just it's going up it's not this overthinking of oh do I want to take the pick and just all the overthinking
0: right I I prefer aggressive Luca first If his shot's not going, it's fine. But when he's – there have been games this year where he's getting into the lane and giving up open layups because he wants to get other guys involved. I have arguments with some of my non-Maverick media friends all the time where people who insist that he wants to play like Harden, and I'm like, he really wants to get guys involved. Like, he just – it's his natural inclination. And I think scoring is something that he he is very good at, obviously, but I think he would much rather make – a nice pass than a, than a step back three. And uh, unfortunately with some of the shot makers or lack of shot makers, depending on the night for Dallas, I think he has to just be this kind of aggressive.
9: Indeed. Um, I, I, I still think he pounds the ball a little too much. Uh, JB, he, he's kind of the same way whenever he is free of make, you know, deferring to Luca as the obvious number one, you know, he's, you know, he's a savant. You give the ball to Luca, obviously. But J- we need to make sure that Luca is attacking. And then he, what is he doing? He's kicking it to Max. He's kicking it to Dorian. On that first pass, it's usually so wide open they're taking it. We've already seen the last three seasons. Those guys cannot consistently make that shot. So before it even gets that far, I think we need to kick it to JB or even as a third option, maybe KP to let them attack the basket and do something. And then maybe like have a different way to break the defense down instead of just Luca. Getting you know balls deep into the paint, kicking it to Dorian and Maxi, and us just praying that in the playoffs it goes in. You know, yeah. We watch we watch this over and over, so we need to make sure that when JB's on the court, yeah, I know Luca's going off, but he needs to. St- We've got to find this fine. It's and I and we're nit- I'm. I mean, it's we're 45 minutes into. No, this, no that's what it, I mean. Know. But
0: that's what this is for: it's nitpicking and talking ideas and working out things. Like one of the things I desperately want to see more of is I want to see Luca as the role man. They've done it a couple of times and it causes defenses to freak out and a Luca or I'm sorry, a Brunson Donchich pick and roll is theoretically horrifying to guard. If they actually run an actual screen and Luca actually rolls.
9: Yeah, indeed. Um, it's awesome to see these, but I, I'm just still, it's still so front of mind for me to know that the balls are, the balls go into inconsistent players and we got to find a way to, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling now, but to, like I said, I think the best case is to get the ball into another playmaker's hand with more than seven seconds on the shot clock so they can actually re, you know, reestablish an offensive flow within the same possession. So Luke is not pounding it for 15 seconds and then putting it into the, you know, a guy who's probably rated 70 on <laughs> day to do something with five seconds left in the shot clock with Kawhi or Paul George or uh, Mikhail Bridges or, you know, the six, eight, seven foot wingspan all pro defenders guarding them in the playoffs. I do. I
0: I do. And that part may, that happened a lot in the fourth quarter tonight where it felt like they were just trying to drain the clock. And it's like, guys, just keep running the offense. You're going to win. If you keep running the offense.
9: Indeed. But
0: all right, man, we'll have a good night. Appreciate your us. You too. Talk soon. All right, guys had a great time. Hope everybody uh, enjoyed the win. We'll be back tomorrow night. If for anybody doesn't know, it's the early game on TNT starts at 6:30 Central, which hopefully means we will be on here earlier talking about a victory, and then we can all go to bed. Um, everybody, you know, who's listening on the podcast, download Spotify Green Room, follow me at Kirk Henderson 35, I think is what I am, and hop on and talk. Like we, everybody that joins these, I think, comes away with a at least I hope a positive experience. Um, I want to, I enjoy talking to a lot of the regulars that come in here, but anybody that's name I don't recognize, I'm going to give you a first pass through the board because I want, uh, I want people to participate. Um, Democratization of content is one of the best things about internet. All right. Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyball. Talk to you guys tomorrow.